of everything she's said or written, Donald Brackett chose this quote to open his study of Tina Turner. My legacy is that I stayed the course from the beginning to the end because I believed in something inside of me. Brackett contends that those words from an interview Tina Turner did with the World Tribune in 2018 are a key. He writes, The most basic and salient fact about Tina Turner is that she is a master of pure, unalloyed transformation. What that something inside of her to which she refers might actually be is perhaps somewhat difficult to define in concrete terms, but it can certainly be amply described. Yes, this central fact of her life, one of perpetual change, growth, and evolution, is quite simple, of course, yet it also helps to guide us through the twisting labyrinth of a very complex, sometimes even contradictory, and many-layered woman and artist. By believing in that something inside of her, even without fully knowing what to call it, she would eventually transform herself from a hot and heavy rhythm and blues-oriented soul singer into a rock star, a movie star, and a global celebrity of goddess-like proportions. If I had to identify what she called that something she believed in, I'd have to resort to the rhapsodic and maybe even ambiguous. The idea of no limits and the ability to live one's dreams on a daily basis. Words of Donald Brackett in his study of Tina Turner titled Tumult. At the age of 17, as he was embarking on a life in music and the performing arts, Scott Coulter sensed something of that something Tina Turner had inside of her and believed in to the very end. And blessed with immense talent and surely a series of mentors, family and friends who supported his belief in those talents, Coulter is now one of New York's most honored vocalists for his work in cabaret, Scott has received five Mac Awards, five Bistro Awards, and two Nightlife Awards for Outstanding Vocalists. He's performed at most of New York City's top rooms, including Birdland, the Oak Room at the Algonquin, and Feinstein's at the Regency, where he spent a record-setting eight months performing the review 11 o'clock numbers at 11 o'clock, which he also co-created, directed, and musically arranged. Scott is founder and owner of Spot On Entertainment and a resident director of programming at 54 Below. He's a graduate of the Cincinnati College Conservatory of Music. Scott Coulter is also the artistic director of the Pocono Mountains Music Festival, and he knows how to bring together the best performers across musical genres to offer two weeks of captivating programs beginning this year on July 20th and running through the 29th. Poets often use many words to say a simple thing It takes thoughts and time and rhyme To make a poem sing With music and words I've been playing For you I have written a song 
On July 22nd at Pocono Mountain East High School, the festival will present Christine Andreas live and in concert. And that's just one of the premier performances on tap. We had a chance to speak by phone with Scott Coulter about the Pocono Mountains Music Festival. And because he knows the performing arts landscape so well, we asked him about his sense of things in a post-pandemic world. I think that the arts are as vital as ever, but are in a precarious position right now. You know, COVID shut a lot of things down for a prolonged period of time. And personally speaking, I I was very lucky. My company was very lucky. We worked almost nonstop from October 2020 through till today. We just got really lucky, but not everyone was so lucky. And a lot of theaters around the country are closing, like long term, long-established, you know, decades-long regional theaters, community theaters, dance companies, orchestras are just, they're not finding it possible to move forward. COVID changed theater-going habits. It changed concert-going habits. You know, everyone got sort of used to staying at home and, and, you know, entertaining themselves, and that just sort of stuck for a lot of people. And I think most arts organizations, for the most part, I mean, it sounds like a generalization, but most of them are primarily funded through older patrons and donors. And while those donors are still showing up, the younger folks, I don't think, are coming to these theaters, performing arts centers, symphony halls, the way I think they they might have had COVID not sort of disrupted everything. That said, the arts are still as important as ever. And... We were just talking about this. I'm, I'm actually in Detroit right now with the Detroit Symphony. We're debuting a new show tomorrow. I attribute to Tina Turner, which is going to be fantastic. But we were talking at lunch about how fortunate we are to get to do what we do. And actually, we were speaking about the fact that this writer strike is still going on and how reality TV, there's going to be so many new reality TV shows because there aren't going to be new fictional series being written. And reality TV, as far as I'm concerned, is the cause of all the problems in the world. But perhaps this will be an opportunity if there is no new TV programming, if there are no new shows on Netflix for a while and there are no new sitcoms on you know, network TV, maybe people will then become a little bit more open to going out of their houses again and going to the theater, going to see live theater, support live artists, live musicians, live music. Because I think that we just, as a, well, as a, as the world actually got sort of got out of the habit of going out for our entertainment. And I think that that's something that we just have to bounce back from. That said, there are still, you know, lines to get into performing arts schools, lines to get into, you know, colleges to teach musical theater and, and, and all sorts of, you know, orchestral performance. So there's still a demand from the performer side for this stuff to keep happening. We just have to find a way to, you know, curate and attract new audiences. Um, and this is kind of, you know, an ongoing problem since, since the arts began. They, you know, they were always originally funded by wealthy patrons. And people have always thought that orchestras were dying or Broadway was dying or, you know, now the motion picture industry seems to be dying. But things always tend to bounce back and correct themselves. We're just in a time right now where it's a little bit iffy exactly how it's going to all play out. Scott, then I would say not only are you and have you been acknowledged as a remarkable performer yourself, but you're a creative artist who has imagination and vision And you have, and you are developing programming that does seem to attract people of many different ages. 
And the Pocono Mountains Music Festival is a testament to that gift that you have to bring people who are talented. It's not just talented people, but how you pull them together and present them. And you have been stewarding and helping this experience expand year after year. Oh, I appreciate you saying that. That's very kind of you. Thank you. This is actually my sixth season, the end of my sixth year at the Pocono. So I'm the longest serving artistic director the festival has had. And I've been there almost for half of the festival's life, which is (laughs) shocking when I think about it in those terms, because it feels like I just started. But we do try to do programming that appeals to a wide variety of people. And that is something that I learned from my own concert business. And most of the concerts that we create, present, speak to multiple demographics. So just an example really quickly is we have a show called Music of the Nights with a K. So it's Sir Andrew Weber, Sir Paul McCartney, Sir Elton John, which brings three completely different audiences together. Like Paul McCartney fans may love Elton John, Elton John fans may love Andrew Weber, but each of them has their own unique fan base. So I found that appealing to multiple demographics in one night was sort of the way to make these concerts work. And that's sort of how we've approached the festival the last six years. There truly is something for everybody. For example, this year, we we have an afternoon tea called Tea and Symphony, which is going to be at Skytop. And it's going to be like tea and scones and desserts, but with two uh, classical trained vocalists and uh, piano, violin, and cello. So like a very arty, lovely afternoon. Uh, our Pocono Pop show this year is going to be a country show. So we're doing the biggest country stars of all time, including Kenny Rogers and Dolly Parton and Johnny Cash. And we're having a disco night, a show called Disco Inferno, which is a, a 90-minute a dance party at the Sherman Theater. And then one of the greatest probably vocalists of all time, Christine Andreas, is coming to do her solo cabaret show. And she is an artist of just the highest caliber. She is exquisite in her song choice, in her presentation, in her interpretation. So there really is, there's more, but that, that is just, that's sort of like, wow, there really is something for everyone. And you could come to every show of the festival and every night could feel like the greatest thing that you've ever seen, which is something that we've been striving for since, you know, for the last six years or so. And I think we've been pretty successful with it. And, you know... With the way that arts organizations are closing around the country or, or postponing seasons or, or delaying their seasons or cutting back, the Pocono Mountains Music Festival has kept on every year. Um, we had festivals during COVID. We've had festivals after COVID. Well, not that COVID's over, but we've had over the initial, you know, quarantine years. So I, I, I'm really proud of the fact that this little festival that could is still going and still, you know, not only entertaining people, but actually changing lives. Um, it changes lives through the performances that are given and through the educational opportunities that our camp provides for local young artists. Uh, we've had artists write songs at camp. Uh, we've had artists that we helped went to camp. We helped them get into college, musical theater college. We bring them back to sing with the Pocono Pops. We bring former students back to play with the Pocono Pops. We bring them back to sing at uh, various events throughout the year at the festival. So it's, it's sort of become not just a festival, but like an, art, an artistic family, which I think is great. And, you know, we have big plans for the future and hope it'll just keep growing. We know that there are certain things to be expected of some festivals, but whatever it is you do, I would say that the Pocono Mountains Music Festival has personality plus. And if you open with Susie Mosher, you're talking about someone with more personality than many people have, right? 
Yes, and almost more personality than many people can take. <laughs> in, in a good way. I mean that in the most positive way. She is just such a, she's a character. She's a, she's a lovely, lovely human being and a mother and a great artist. But she's also a true New York character who, you know, it, it, when you get to be in her presence and see her, you feel like you're witnessing something special. And indeed you are, because every show she does is completely different. Her show is called The Lineup. And every night of the lineup um, in New York City, she has different guest artists. And so no two shows are ever the same. And we bring that, we've been bringing that to the Poconos now. This is our third year kicking the festival off with Susie. And the reason is the show sells out. People can't get enough of her. And it's just, it's a real, it's highly entertaining, very artistic, but it's also just so much fun. It feels like the perfect way to kick things off. And where does she do the show in New York? Various venues? No, she does it every Tuesday night at Birdland. So right in the heart of Times Square at Birdland, the famous jazz club, they have a Birdland theater there. And she has a residency there. And every Tuesday night, she packs them in with a different slate of guest performers. And she's really made quite a name for herself and for the show. People come to New York and stay over till Wednesday morning just so they can see the lineup on Tuesday night. And you have some wonderful names for things like the room where it happens, citing, of course, Hamilton. But that's so right for what you do with these young folk. That's right. In addition to the, the two weeks of performances that the festival presents, we also have a performing arts camp that runs right alongside that. And I think this year we have over 40 students, and uh, we have five incredible teachers from New York City, all working professionals. I'm from the world of Broadway, concerts, cabaret, dance. And these 40 students get, get a really in-depth look at, at you know, not just performing in the arts, but a life in the arts, because they're working with people who have lives in the arts and who have, you know, made that their life's work, which is inspiring to a young artist who may think, you know what, this is a great hobby, but, you know, I can't really do this for a living, but you can. And so part of the thing that the camp does is give people the tools to think about how their lives might revolve around performing arts, whether it be as a performer or as a patron, because, you know, creating patrons is just as important as creating young artists. Don't you make it accessible in terms of not charging? We do. The camp is free. It's been free for the last, I think this is the third year that we've had the free camp. Because I felt like, you know what? I didn't want any kid in the Poconos that wanted to come to camp to not be able to come because of the price. And for me, that is the best money that we spend, is engaging these young hearts and minds in the creative arts. And it's better than any publicity. It's better than any money that could be spent on advertising. It's just to give this camp to them because it really, I know it sounds cliche and I hate saying it over and over, but it has changed lives. We've gotten letters from past campers whose lives have been changed or whose goals have shifted or whose confidence was built. And that's such an important thing because music programs around the country are lacking in so many public school systems. Now, Monroe County has the most incredible arts program. All of the high schools have you know, choruses and bands, and some of them have orchestras and string orchestras. They all have drama clubs. They do musicals. They do plays. So the students here are very used to, you know, performing opportunities. And so it's not like we're starting from scratch, but this is just adding on a little bit to what they've learned during the school year and giving them a chance to sort of maybe spread their wings in new and different ways. Maybe they discover they're a songwriter. Maybe they discover they're a writer of poetry or of prose, text, monologues, plays. Maybe they discover they're an actor or a tap dancer, which they may not have known before. So we try to give them a, 
a little bit of everything in a two-week period, but also some really great performing opportunities. They perform with the Pocono Pops, for example. They're going to perform in the country show. They have a special showcase night, which is the last night of the festival this year. Um, the very last night, the last Saturday in July, is going to be their special night. We decided to end it with them this year since they really are such a vital part of this organization. Everything you all do is of the highest quality. The people you bring in to teach, the people you present, those sorts of things. No matter whether it's going to be disco dancing, you just aim for the best. And because it's you who is artistic director, you know, happen to know the best. It's the world you know. You can bring in Christine because you know how good she is and you want her. Right, right. It's a, really, it's a great gift for me. I mean, I, when you said that, I was like, you know what, that's absolutely true. I have been blessed with this artistic life, and I know, you know, some of the greatest performers to have ever lived happen to be my friends. So to be able to call them up or reach out to them and, and bring them to the Poconos and expose the people of the Poconos to these artists, but also these artists to the people of the Poconos, it's, been, it's really, it's, it's a gift. It's, it's something that I don't take for granted. And that was very kind of you to, to point that out, because I, I sometimes lose track of that fact. But it is, it is true. Now you're just extending it to year-round activity because you have the holiday show and so on. So the gift that is the Pocono Mountains Music Festival is expanding. Yeah. We're really trying to expand our reach as much as we can. And I, you know, I, I mentioned that I'm actually here in Detroit this weekend for, for a new show. We're doing a Tina Turner concert tomorrow night with the Detroit Symphony. And I brought with me the book, her, her memoir, I, Tina, which I've ha- I bought it when I was 17 years old. And it has been in my house, every house that I've ever lived in. It went from my house to my dorm room to my first apartment to my New York City life. I mean, it is the one book I've always had. And I was really struck by the fact this weekend that her story, despite the stuff that we know about her turbulent marriage and abusive marriage, but her story is a life of survival and of someone who had a gift and was determined for the world to know about it. And I think that's why I've kept this book all this time. And that is sort of what this festival is for these young people, because there are so many options in life that people may not be aware of. Sometimes things seem beyond our reach, but just having someone open a door and give you sort of an invitation inside can really, really make the difference of, you know, whether someone follows their dream or discovers their dream or just sort of lets that die. And that is one thing that I've been really proud of about the last six years is I think we've really fostered a lot of dreams and introduced some people to their dreams. And at the end of the day, I mean, what's better than that, right? Poets often use many words to say a simple thing. It takes thoughts and time and right to make a poem sing. With music and words I've been playing For you I have written a song To be sure that you know what I'm saying I'll translate as I go Spring is 
Christine Andreas with Fly Me to the Moon. The sky's the limit for Scott Coulter, who is artistic director of the Pocono Mountains Music Festival, and he'll be bringing Christine Andreas to the Poconos on Saturday, July 22nd at Pocono Mountain East High School in Swiftwater as one of the principal events of the Pocono Mountains Music Festival Season 14. Six musical performances and three audience extra special events. The 14th season will launch July 20th with the lineup hosted by New York City's Susie Mosher at Buck Hill Falls. There will be Disco Inferno, a 70s celebration at the Sherman Theater in Strasbourg on July 21st. Again, it's Christine Andreas, Saturday, July 22nd. And there will be a Sunday, July 23rd tea at Skytop Lodge Tea and Symphony, an elegant tea with classical music. The following weekend, it will be country music with the Pocono Pops Orchestra at the Sherman Theater. That's Friday, July 28th. And then closing the festival, July 29th, will be The Room Where It Happens, starring the student artists of the Mountains Festival Performing Arts Camp. For more information on the web, PoconoFest.org, PoconoFest.org. That's the 14th season of the Pocono Mountains Music Festival, opening July 20th at Buck Hill Falls with the lineup by Susie Mosher and continuing through July 29th. Two weekends of performances and for all the details online, PoconoFest.org, PoconoFest.org. Dot org.